Welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I'm looking something up on the internet. They can't see you. You can just say hi. <laughs> hi. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Greetings. So joining us all the way from Mercury, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Glad to be here. That makes one of us. <laughs> Well, a uh, lot to get into. We've got some very good questions. We've had some really good feedback from our interview in the last episode with uh, Jay Quest, Julian DeShazier. A lot of people enjoyed the song, so are we ready to get into it? Or? Yeah. yeah. Let's get right to it, man. Let's, let's do it. this. Let's go. First let's question comes in anonymously roll. to our Tumblr inbox. It says, hi, say that. I love bases and declared word to say. That's good. It's an emergency. Yeah, Those wow. are getting longer. Well, that's you're welcome. And Leon's getting larger. Go on. I don't know what that means. You do. Quite a reference. Keep moving. Okay. Here's what happened. Uh, just as we were plugging in the things over here on the podcast, I don't really get involved in that part. Sure. I don't do the technical things. You're what we call the talent. Originally, when uh, <laughs> Matt said we want to do a podcast, I thought we were well, we would all live in a pod. Mm. Which mm. we kind of do. I, well, I'm disappointed that that's not exactly what we're doing. And I have been better about that ever since. We can make you a pod. Sure. Well, you say that. We'll get your pod by 2 p.m. Sure, it'll be okay. like a cocoon. But what, meanwhile, we're, they're plugging things in, and I'm supervising, as I often do. Inspiring, motivating. That's right. So... But I was reading a headline to the fellows while they were doing that, okay. and this sparked a lot of discussion and yes. controversy. Keeping us up to date on the big world issues. If you're listening to this in the, the British Isles, that's controversy. Mm. That's what I was talking about right there. It's you know. Here's what it says. Uh, this is according to Fortune magazine. Dead bat discovered in salad mixes prompts recalls from Walmart. So, uh, salad, salad, mixed sure. salad. So, don't, don't buy salad at Walmart is the main Well, takeaway. now see, this is, this is what I'm, this is what I'm dealing with here. There wasn't much and danger I, of that. I'm just putting this out there in the backyard and see if the dog barks at it, okay? If you don't like it, you send this right back to me. But, who says we don't want bat? In our oh, salad. Sure, absolutely. I thought you were going to go another way. I thought you were going to theorize that maybe there's bats in all the salads and Walmart's the only one uh, diligent <laughs> enough to pull them. Well, but here's the thing. Trace amounts of bat. Yeah. It, first of all, I'm uh, right now, and I know I speak for Jed, I'm disappointed that I'm not eating a bat salad right now. Sure. I would enjoy a nice bat salad. Our One of our goals in life is to eat all the planet, all the animals on the planet. At least before, once. At least once. That one started off way more a galactic supervillainy. Our goal is to eat the planet. <laughs> eat the planet. <laughs> so, uh, but for now, it's like, you know, you know we, we've only eaten a lot of things, but sure. I've never eaten bat. Deep fried bat with the ranch dipping sauce sounds delicious. I would eat that. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So that's that's what I, so that's in my mind right sure. now. Sure. Now it's in all of our minds too. Thank you for that. You're okay. Welcome. What happens if you eat a bat? Well, inevitably you take on 
the bat characteristic. You gain its powers. No. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, it's nope. like, you can uh, like uh, do uh, you screech. Yes. It goes no. out into the world. Yes. Kind of bouncing back at you. Yes, exactly right. You can see in the dark. You notice yeah. how a lot of pe- people don't walk out of the Chick-fil-A bobbing their head up and down and pecking for corn? That's not how this works. Which Chick-fil-A's have you been going to? Because I've seen a lot of that. Well, okay. <laughs> you, get, you get a little too deep into that Polynesian sauce. You start, <laughs> things start getting a little loopy, but. Here's what I'm saying is, because this, I don't know if you've read this documentary, but this like a. Uh, the they, written documentaries are the best. Yes. They they have this dude writ, bitten by a spider. Yes. And radioactive. And they're spider. making a movie out yeah. of that documentary. That's right. And what happened is he became basically a spider. Okay. Now, they, you, you're aware that being bitten by a radioactive version of a thing, fictional though it may be, is different than eating something. Understand. I will irradiate this bat. Yes. I will let this bat <laughs> attack me. I yes. mean, fang me. Yeah. Big time. To gain its bat powers. To, to gain its bat powers. And I will be like a man who has the power of a bat. Yes. I feel like this hypothesis has made some assumptions that may not be on quite solid ground. Look, this is basic science. No. Okay. This isn't even good comic book science. Some of some of you people <laughs> that don't believe in science may not get this. Okay? Yeah. But this This does not have the scientific merit to stand up to Stan Lee's criticism. But uh but here's the thing. Do I need, would having bat-related powers really help me in my ministry career? Not uh, not specifically. Sure, not, sure. Not You're already nocturnal, so right. that's not a help. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, if you, it, let's say people listen to this and they're considering a future career in ministry. Sure. What, it would be the ideal radiated uh, uh, animal with, that's been hit with radiation. Hmm. To bite you, okay, and give you its powers. Okay, so you're operating on the assumption that everyone's going to get bitten by a radioactive something. Yes, sooner, sooner or later. Sooner or later. As as we know from the documentaries, that if you get bit, the first thing you get bit by, you take the powers of. Yes, right. right. Peter Parker is bitten right by a radioactive goat later on. He doesn't become Goat Man. It's already happened. Yeah, that's right. Well, we don't know. It's, we, it's hard to say. There have been like 700 issues of that book. They may, uh, there may have been Spider Goat Man at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but now, and I'm, I'm, I've, I'm, I admit I was not on board before. Right. I was a naysayer. I was questioning science. Right. But now we're trying to help the people. Yeah. Now this becomes a, really a discussion about ministry theory. That's right. Right. That's right. I think it's great. You, it's your question. Do you have any suggestions to start us off with? Well, uh, you know, I think, uh, uh right away, like a donkey. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, it is, we are recording this on Palm Sunday. That's very appropriate. Yeah. You could, uh. If you had donkey-like tendencies, you could carry a lot of things around. Sure. Uh, you know, you could uh, uh, you could go like up in the Andes. Yeah, which is, who knows when you'll need to do that. It's good to That's be prepared. Right. Missions. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So uh, this brings us to another disturbing development that I think we need to get into. It's a certain type of year here in Chicago. We finally got some good weather going. Yeah. And this means it's flip-flop weather. Yes, and that means we have to bring it around to our annual discussion of Jed Brewer's hideous toes. I do have, I have monkey toes. It's true. Again, audio medium. Yeah. Jed has the toe. Okay. Have you seen a picture of a gorilla? Yes. yes. Okay. Look at its toes. Yeah. It's, okay. it's pretty much a spot on. You're looking at the same thing. Yeah. No. Okay. And I love Jed. That's not that Who I doesn't? don't. Sure. I don't. Who it's doesn't? not that. It's we not a do. personal thing. I'm just saying. His toes are objectively offensive. 
Well, you know, I was bitten by a radioactive gorilla as a kid. I did not know that. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it happened. I think I owe you an apology. I think you do. Because. (laughs) Took on some properties. uh, Yeah, I mean. uh, Yeah, it's a slow burn. Yeah. So is it? Have they really manifested themselves? Is that like, like all a, the powers? Yeah, just the toes so far. Okay. It's a bit of a letdown. Yeah, okay. a bit of a letdown. How does that? How does that help you in ministry? It doesn't, Lee. <laughs> well, one thing that I was thinking is, what if you got bit by radioactive, like beaver, say, right? And that's going to help your ministry because of everybody knows that if you're going to be like a mega church pastor or something, you got to have great big teeth yes perfect teeth you got to no be question. able to you got to be able to build something out of nothing yeah right. build it up right and you got to have the big perfect teeth so it, as far right. as the radioactive superhero ministry career might want to go with something with some with some chompers yeah right. well to, to that point you know and to bring it back to gorilla feet just for a second right. you said how does it affect it's not a it's not a positive because they say how lovely are the feet of them that bring good news right, sure you right. can't preach that verse i can't preach that that's yeah. hindering that's holding me back that's man that's right that's right so i want to give it like a the, thorn in the flesh exactly right, right three right. times i pleaded lord take these gorilla feet away from right, me right. and he said why don't you buy some closed toe shoes yeah um wow. but which felt a little harsh coming from the almighty yeah but you know this is the thing here's what i'm thinking because i think lee is pointing us in the right direction we, we mm. need this to be productive you don't want to wind up with ugly gorilla feet right what we can do though is man is a form of animal yeah right what if we irradiated billy graham and got him to bite each of us wow. perfect huh. see what i'm saying perfect yes wow. i i don't watch the walking dead i don't know if did, we're sure this didn't happen on the walking dead because i don't want right. to steal their bit when you say walking dead you're talking about we hit AMC. Reanimating the corpse of C.S. Lewis. Yes. Sure. No, that's Irradiating it. He's going to be hungry because yes. he's basically zombied at that point. Yeah, zombie Clive. Z- zombies, if there's sure. anything I know about zombies, they love biting people. Yes. Sure. Well, and First he's been thing. dead since like 1963. Wow. Yeah. He's hungry. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's in there. Yeah. Smart gentleman, hunger for brains. Anyway, yeah, I think right. it's great. I want I want to give us one more animal, but okay. I think it will it will bridge into the uh, irradiated bitten by a pastor conversation. Yes, I think if you're going to be not necessarily in ministry, but if you're going to be a church pastor, you're going to be a right. you know suburban kind of large membership church pastor. I wonder would the best stay with me here is a little odd. Irradiated sheep. Mm. I'm saying uh-huh. this because self replenishing sweater. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You 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 literally sweater from the inside out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the just, sweater is within you. You have like a base garment, a yeah. t-shirt type of thing. Yeah. You know, you it get, just grows through every, the t-shirt. You know, as soon as you're done on Sunday, you get shuffled to the back, so you just so none of the plebs touch you. Right. And you get sheared. Yeah. Right. And then brand new sweater for next week. Yeah. Well, wow. if you're if you're doing a like a college ministry or something like that, and you get bitten by a radioactive goat. Then yeah. you automatically have like the hipster beard. Yes. Oh, very good. Whoa. Yeah, yes. that's so true. And you can scale sharp inclines, which is probably going to come in handy. <laughs> that's that really would help. <laughs> Almost mean, no doubt about it. But back to the being bitten by the irradiated pastor. I think it's I think it's a good idea. But as Jed's monkey feet have taught us, yeah. Um, there's a danger that you you can't pick which of these. It's a shadow side, man. It's a roll of the dice. That's the thing. Right. You can't pitch which of these attributes you want to get. Yeah. You may, you know, you may want Billy Graham's ability to be a, a moving and powerful public speaker, which right. would be great. 
you get bit by him and you just get the the big swoopy white hair. Yeah, right. which wow. is fine. He's the man's got a gorgeous head of hair, and I'm just saying he doesn't. But it's not really going to move you forward in the right. way you were hoping for. Right. That's right. Yeah. Plus, but, if you're 20, it's a little weird. So sure. yeah, yeah, it's 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 too stately. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah. So I think with 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 that or the C.S. Lewis, right. whatever it is, you got to be careful. Yeah. Because right. there's a downside to whoever's going to bite you. That's right. You think, wow, was C.S. Lewis, amazing, and you know, gave sermons. He's and allergic to peanuts. Now She's you allergic are. Peanuts. Yeah. Or you get bit and you see, you know what I want to do? I just want to read Icelandic sagas in yeah, the original right. Norse right. for the rest of time. Yeah. That's You can't fight that. That's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. So let's see. I'm trying to come up with this without making fun of anyone in particular. Mm. And I'm not naming names here. But you say, you know, I want to get bitten by, you know, a super ref- well-known reformed pastor because I sure. really want the right. the exegetical mindset. Right. And you get bit by it, and then you just kind of walk around, and you get, you get bit, and you think, oh, this is going to be it. I'm going to, the Greek, it's going to leap into me and happen. Right. And you just start looking around at people going, I hate all these people. <laughs> right. I feel like I'm way better than them. <laughs> right. And you, you messed up. You miscalibrated. Yeah. Right. Start sending inadvisable tweets. It's a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, no doubt. So I think we, we have to find a balance right. between, you know, getting the really good stuff, but the safe play. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're also opening up, you know, do we need to be looking at people, you know, beyond the the pastorate? Okay. Where you could just have a quality. Sure. You know, so this guy's really smart. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you take your, uh, what's his name, the dude, Stephen Hawking. Sure, sure, absolutely. He bites you. Maybe you just got all the brains in the world. Yep. Sure. Idris Elba. Sure. You. You're the coolest dude in the room. Right yeah. Now. That's yeah. it, dude. Sure. I mean, you do have to irradiate him first. We have to be clear yeah. about this. Yeah. Right. I think Idris Elba's already irradiated by his unhandsomeness. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. There the is only that. thing is, Probably how true. do you stop zombie C.S. Lewis from just eating Oh, there's no brains? stopping him. You know, I mean, it, if he yeah. just eats your brains, I mean, what's, what's the guarantee that I'm going to get the right amount of bite where he doesn't take all my brains, but I get some properties of the zombie Lewis? It's a high risk proposition. No doubt, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to be set up for that. You yeah, know, you can't you can't just go willy nilly. Well, it's like is, with, if you're getting attacked by a dog, you got to give him your arm. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, can you take a less sanctified brother with you? You get the bite, then you throw that dude in there, and he feasts on the brains sure. of that guy while you get away. Oh yeah, it's it's a two by two situation. There's no doubt about There's that. There's always that guy in your small group that's just dying <laughs> to have him somehow be somewhere else. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Done. yeah. He took one for the team. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Zombie Everybody has a hole in the body. Here's what I'm saying just as as we wrap this up, and I and I mean this. Please. Okay. I mean this. If you guys want me to bite you, done. Man, that's so kind of you. I don't you don't have to say anything right now. Just think it over. Just but if at <laughs> any point in the future you want you say, dude, the way you did that was so awesome. Would you just bite onto me? Yeah. Given that Done. Jed and I are your employees, I think that would constate, constitute what is known as an HR kerfuffle. Yes. <laughs> is that a legal term? I believe it is, yes. Well, on that basis, I declare a very uh, appropriate and hygienically safe. <laughs> Where is he off? Yes, I think somehow we we came up with a scenario that would get both the uh, the CDC and the Department of Labor involved. And <laughs> it's hard to do both in one. I would say that's quite a feat for us, but I think we pull something on that level off just about every week. Yep. 
One another thing we pull off on a regular basis every month, as a matter of fact, is a new addition to Bridgebox. Mm. And uh, here's the thing: again, we've we've mentioned this before. Uh, the one of the many good things about Bridgebox is we are ed- Glenn is edited. <laughs> ah. It's there's a there's a, you know some lovely songs that uh, Jed and Lee make for us and our friend Pete and you get a, a fantastic sermon from Glenn that was uh, given at the bridge service but at the bridge service there are many scary men yes and Glenn does not try to offer to bite people even in jest that would not go because well. that that wouldn't read great sure you get a very hyper focused version of Glenn and the wisdom is concentrated. Mm. And if you were going to have a Glenn bite you, a Glenn yeah. in any circumstance, you'd want it to be Tuesday Night Glenn. Yes, you would. Tuesday Night Glenn's on a whole other level. That's right. We've, so every month in Bridgebox, for only a dollar a month, you get lots of good stuff. The songs, the sermons, you get Bible studies, all sorts of good stuff for your walk based around a topic. This month's topic is, what does God want me to do with my money? So there's a lot of good stuff about uh, generosity and peace and all the stuff that's wrapped up in money and a lot of really good biblical basis. If you're kind of a point of life where you're wondering about that, and uh, we have if but if that's not your deal, we have a new topic every month. Always some good stuff in there for you. Check it out missionusa.com/bridgebox. All right, we jump to our first question here. This came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. If you want to write to us, I'll give you some ways all the way at the end you can get in touch. This person says, "Hello, say that. What Hello. are your top tips to newly married couples?" Thank you so much. Hello. That was good. I came in a little late, but... Sherry, you don't want to rush it. Yeah. Don't want to be impolite. Uh, And Lee, I'll get you started off on this one. You do a significant amount of premarital counseling and working with young folks. So what what are some top tips? Um, First of all, this is a great question. Um, To to go to people who have been married for a while, um, who like their marriage, and who are fighting for making it good, and to say to them... What what is what is it I need to do? What what is the thing I wouldn't think of or I wouldn't know to do? Or what are your top tips? That is a great way to go about things. Um, I, I hate to say this; it's super sad, but not a lot of people ask <laughs> anybody anything in this way. So we we are uh, we're, we're proud of you for the question. I would say a couple of things. Um, I think there's a lot of things that could be said, but if I was gonna if I was gonna hit some highlights for you, I'd say that you should commit to having a regular and scheduled, um, what I call the state of our union conversation. Um, wh- how do we feel about how things are going? What do you need to say? Um, is there anything that we're missing? Is there anything that you want to talk about? Is there anything that that we, we don't want to sweep things under the rug? We want to get everything out in the open. We want to be able to share the way we're feeling about how things are going. And that kind of a conversation, it could happen on a date, that could happen on a long drive, that could happen on a walk together or something like that. But this is a deal where like, you decide weekly or monthly or something, but that kind of a frequency, we want to sit down and have an agreement that we can be open about where we are, how we feel about stuff, and what, and what we're hoping for. Um, uh, and that we can be open about it and we're going to listen to the other person. We're going to try to understand them and see how things are going. Um, there's a, there's a guy that's a clinical psychologist who is the world renowned expert in, um, in, in, in really in marriage, what makes them work and why couples that break up and get divorced do that. And he said that he divides couples into the masters and the disasters of relationships. And one of the things that he says is all of the couples that are that are doing this well, and there's not a lot of in-between, by the way. Usually marriages are pretty dang strong or they super suck. 
Um, there's not a whole lot of just kind of, we're just kind of getting across the line on a B plus. Usually people are extremely happy with it or they're not happy with it at all. And one of the things that he says is they have these kinds of conversations where they are free mm. and open to say, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm needing, that kind of stuff. Another thing that I would say, um, just in, uh, if I'm just hitting highlights, besides that kind of a, we're going to have this kind of a conversation, a checkup conversation regularly, is I would say work hard at getting rid of defensiveness in conflict. Um, when a fight breaks out, when a disagreement rises up, when the tension heats up and when, um, when the temperature starts to rise between you, when you have a disagreement and the tension starts to rise, uh, look at yourself and look, both of you look at yourself and try to get rid of that feeling of defensiveness. What we want to do more than anything else is understand where that other person's come, coming from. There's mm-hmm. nothing that reduces temperature and tension like understanding. You may feel like you're exactly right and they're 100% wrong, but hear them. You may feel like you didn't do anything wrong in this situation, but be willing to say, I want to own up to whatever my part of this is. Being able to have conflict with humility and understanding, that will get you so far. And the number of people who feel like, man, we didn't figure that out till seven, eight years in is massive. That like, I I always thought that in conflict, I needed to be a lawyer and prove that I was right. And then when they have had disaster after disaster after disaster, they finally realized, you know, I really needed to just listen and then own up to my stuff. Mm -hmm. And and it went well for me in the land at that point. Um, Defensiveness is the, is, is the thing that is going to raise the temperature and the tension in all of your conflicts. And you are going to have conflicts. You should have disagreements. You should not, you shouldn't see everything in the world the exact same way. So work on, work, work on reducing defensiveness when you have conflict under yes. trying to understand each other instead of trying to be right about everything. And that's going to get you really far, really fast. Amen. Those are some excellent places to start. Glenn, I'd love to get you uh, expand on some things Lee was talking about there. He's talking about that need for open communication. That really is a, a huge thing. But I, I think one of the things kind of newly married couples may be missing out on, I think you've actually counseled a lot of people through these exact problems, is there are some areas where we either didn't think we would have to communicate or it was awkward to communicate, so we yes. just skipped that and waited until later. And those yeah. would be the areas where you need it the most, right? That's absolutely right. I think most of the young couples that I talk to uh, – either just before they're married or right after, they often have this mentality of, we figure that we're the perfect match. So on that basis, this marriage should work pretty much perfectly from the beginning. Mm, Do a lot of these kids go to maybe, uh, I'm going to make up a name here, the Schmoody Bible Institute? It rhymes with that, yes. Um, And uh, the the idea there is because if you have a good match, then you don't do any Our inherent righteousness will power us through this. That's right. Uh, that's where a lot of these problems really come from, is that, as you're saying, an assumption that because we're good people and we're responsible people and we're both goody-two-shoes and we both uh, think happy thoughts... And we're really into each other. And they're into each other, and they're a good, you know, they're good compatible uh, compatibility. They, all of our friends tell us that we're adorable together. All of that. They figure, well, okay, then we then that's we're done. We've arrived mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, the opposite is true. You're at zero. When you get married, yeah. this is the worst this marriage will ever be. We hope. It's, we, hope. Yeah, we hope. It's at disaster. All, mar- all new marriages start at dysfunction and 
we have to try and hopefully get this to something functional as fast as possible. Uh, that's and that's not to be negative. That's just this is how life works. Yeah, you've this never is, done this before. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, so I think one of the first areas you want to look at that is sexual stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a there's a tendency to think, well, I've seen a lot of special videos on the internet, sure. instructional material, if you will. Yeah, and it's not. It's super duper right. is not. But I saw one where someone was wearing a lab coat, so that's probably yeah, that's still not no oh, no. That's the different kind of uh, yeah so here's what i'm saying is that uh if that's finding a a book you know that sort of thing if you there if you are have a relationship with a gynecologist where you can talk about birth control methods all sorts of different kind of things you can go into Which that should visiting your physician should pretty much non-negotiably be a part of that for sure and i yeah and and that during your engagement i would yeah definitely do that but uh, what you're looking to do is get a sense of what's healthy what's not uh, and get a sense of how do we take care of each other in that area? What are healthy attitudes on that? A uh, huge percentage of solid, uh, mature Christian couples that I talk to are lost in this area, and they yeah. don't know it, and yeah. it is horribly damaging, an already precarious situation, and it needs a lot of work. Well, you're absolutely right, and if you can expand on this a little bit, that is an area where weird ideas can pop up. We make a lot right. of fun on the show about the, the, you know, cause dating you buy and soul ties and all that stuff. Right. That doesn't come out of nowhere. That's, that's right. People who are in a rough spot and have no idea why. Yes. And then yes. this comes up and it that's sounds right. like you're saying th- we, it's easy to figure out how we got into the rough spot. If you're yes. willing to look in those blind spots. Absolutely right. And it's easy to, to solve these things. You get a little bit of information and that can be a huge breakthrough. Mm-hmm. So we're, it's, it, but you're, 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 you're nuts. If you don't go after yeah. getting that information, you don't know what you don't know, as they would say. Exactly mm-hmm. right. I think that would get you into a mentality as, as Lee was alluding to of thinking in terms of best practices. Mm-hmm. How, what is the best way to set up everything, whether that's, sexual stuff, whether right. that's who takes out the trash, whether that's mm-hmm. who balances a checkbook. Er- everything is in negotiation. Everything mm-hmm. is something we're constantly in the cha- a state of changing and adjusting and improving. But it's the idea of we are lost and clueless. This is a mess. It's a disaster. That's where we start. Just right. It's just a, pi- <laughs> a pile of things sure. that we're going to organize into the best, uh, most organized thing. And um, and as, as Lee was saying, we need as much communication as possible to make yeah. that happen. Here, here's the first thing that that I listen for that I know is really going to start us down the right road is when one of the two people, usually it's the, the, the young lady, will say, I shouldn't have to tell him this. Yeah. That's, Danger will rob that's, that's the big moment where you say, actually... Here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether you should have to tell him or you not. You do have to tell him. You do have to tell him. Yes. And why aren't you telling him? You know. Yep. Uh, quote it, the great thinker B. Regan. He just has a tiny little husband brain. Yeah. It would be great if this person knew these things or was yeah. aware of them <laughs> or wasn't trying to get away with it. That's yeah. not the <laughs> okay. world we live in. That's not the world we live in. Everybody has to tell everybody everything all the time. That's it. And that's again. I'm building off what Lee was saying there. That this is the moment you have this thought. I shouldn't have to tell you. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. That you're you're on the wrong foot. Everything needs to be discussed so that we develop the best practices to make this thing work. I think it's absolutely right, and that ties back to the best practices point because um, if if what you want is the outcome you want, 
then telling the person is the shortest and easiest way to get there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's no bonus points for uh, he just he just knew mm-hmm. he doesn't know. Even if he guesses right, we don't necessarily want to reward the guessing right behavior. Mm-hmm. And Jed, let me get you to close out on this because a lot of great advice from both Lee and Glenn on how to start off on a positive foot. Uh, they both alluded to that uh, there will be screw-ups on that. Yeah. And maybe one of the best practices we need is how to deal with said screw-ups in a healthy way that keeps us moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. You're going to mess stuff up a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, here's here's the thing that should worry you is if you think you're not messing anything up. Right. Uh, uh, that, that's, that's a sign you're not paying attention. Right, right. Um, you're going to make mistakes, so is your significant other. The key thing in that moment is to apologize effectively. Right. And we're going to get a little bit remedial here for a second, because actually a lot of people don't have a very good idea of what an apology is. Please preach uh, Yes. Oh, my gosh. Do that. Do it. An apology contains the following elements. I did this thing. Right. We're, we're not denying that something happened. Right. I did this thing. I said, your shoes are ugly. I said those words. They came out of my mouth. Now, should I add in there how I had really good intentions, that I haven't eaten anything, and that there was a flood, and there was a Fire, pestilence, earthquakes. Yeah, should I do that? No. Should I talk about how she's always sensitive about her shoes, and maybe this is a little her fault? Nope. Jed, should I I say that I uh, didn't mean to hurt or offend? Nope, you shouldn't do any of those things. I was trying oh. to help. She was going to leave the house in those shoes, Jed. Nope, nope, nope. We're going to cancel all that. You should say, I did this thing. You should proceed immediately to the statement, it was wrong. Oh. Full stop. The thing I did was wrong. Right. It is wrong to say mean-spirited things. The thing I said was mean-spirited. Right. Therefore, it was wrong. But was it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. It, we want to be clear. If there's not certainty that I did it and it was wrong, then we've yet to reach an apology. That's right. Yes. That's right. But Jed, just because you're hurt, does that really mm. mean I did something wrong? What if I didn't intend to? Right. But you're hurt. Yeah. So maybe I wasn't really wrong. No, yeah. you were wrong. You yeah. were you were super super wrong. <laughs> right. Super wrong. Uh, then we so we want to acknowledge I did the thing. Right. The thing was wrong. Yes. I will not do the thing again. Right. I will endeavor to lessen the occurrence of the thing, right. preferably to zero. Right. I am working hard to not do the thing anymore. Right. Lastly, and we don't want to miss this part because it's really important, I am sorry for having done the thing. Right. Yeah. I apologize for the thing that I did. Right. Yeah. Full stop, the end. And then I say, now maybe do you have things you want to apologize nope. for? Nope. No. That seems like yeah. maybe you wore those shoes to bait me. <laughs> no. We're gonna be we're going to be humble oh. and we're gonna say, I did this thing, uh-huh. it was wrong. I will not do that thing anymore. Yes. I am sorry to have done that thing. Yes. That's yes. it. And here's here's the, the beautiful thing is if you are if you're married to a, a good and lovely person, we have no doubt that but that you will be, if you give a real apology, which is what we've just described there. Um, you will have peace in the land, right? Uh, because they will say, "No, it's okay," and you know, I mean, it 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 was a jerky thing to say, but you know, I I understand, and you know, I you know, I, I, right. I don't like it when you say stuff like that, but you know, I know I can, you know, sometimes some sides and so forth. They they will give you more grace in general than what you would try to weasel your way into getting yes. by not really apologizing. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> in the spirit of doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
Right. When she inevitably says something schmucky towards you, you don't want her to make excuses. That's right. You want her to say, I did the thing. The thing was wrong. I will not do the thing anymore. I am sorry. Right. So it cuts both ways. A whole lot of arguments escalating and arguments going on uh, stem back to people who are just not willing to take responsibility for the thing that they did Thank wrong. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. I mean... This is the thing is uh, when you acknowledge I did the thing, it was wrong. I won't do it again. I'm sorry. There's not a lot else to say on that. That's right. You know, it's like, see that you do. Right. right. So that it, (laughs) it's worth noting. And this is the thing I'd encourage you to cook on is that a lot of people don't have a good model for this. Um, You know, most people actually have grown up in households where no one ever apologizes. That's so true. Right. Or if they do, it's a non-apology. I'm well, sorry if you were offended. Exactly right. If you chose to be offended by my words, well, I'm sorry you chose to be offended by them. Okay. That's not an apology in any way, shape, or form. Right. You know, right. Jed, the number of people whose parents were never wrong about anything is staggering. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us live in a country a, where... <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> you only have so much time. <laughs> no, just just that... Uh, to your point that we this has not not been modeled. Yeah. Um, you know, mm. so it's one of those deals where it's like, if it feels really foreign... Yeah. Well, you, there, we understand, because you haven't seen people do this well. Yes, yes, exactly right. This is new territory. You've got to discover it. But again, a good apology will always have those elements. I did the thing. It was wrong. I will not do it again. I'm sorry. We got to forge a new trail on that super, super quick because we touched on on the sex stuff. You almost certainly do not have a good model for sex in your marriage either. No. Um, And we need to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Christians talk a lot of nonsense about pornography that isn't close to true. But here's something about porn that is very dangerous is it gives you a false idea of what sex is. Right. Sex does not look like or mechanically work anything like the stuff that you see online. Right. If you attempt to do that, you will injure both of you. Right. Um, Porn is to sex as Jackie Chan movies are to actual fighting yeah exactly right that's right and sometimes when she yells out it's because you're on her hair yeah that's that i learned something that. wrong no <laughs> too real i cancel that i learned okay. that I so they'll, re- they'll, they'll, they'll pull on uh, you know yeah um, we get it real quick rapid fire <laughs> w- without getting into too much detail here's the bottom line if sex is not fun and enjoyable for both of you yes. Talk about why that is. Yes. And talk to your doctor about why that is. Yes. In most cases, there are incredibly simple solutions that will solve everything if you will talk about it. Right. Sex will not work like porn, but it should be fun and enjoyable. And if it's not, the solution is talking to each other and talking to our doctor. Yeah. And this comes up a lot. Yes. You know, we're, 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 we're sort of wedging it in here and it seems... And there's, there are giggly elements to that, but it comes up a lot in these discussions. Yeah, and one, one of the reasons we are doing it that way is we are not doctors. Yeah. You should not be taking advice on these things from people who are not doctors. That includes your parents. That includes mm-hmm. your parents. That includes well-meaning pastor. That includes the other gals in your Bible study. You, you can get useful information from all those people, but it needs to include a medical doctor who has a degree from a reputable institution That's because right. this is on some level, this is a physical thing. Glenn is not making this up. We have all had conversations with uh, earnest young Christian couples where uh, the two couple of two years into their marriage, you're free. Well, why, why? And then what? And say, so, well, the first time we had sex, uh, she felt a lot of discomfort and right. we just decided that God didn't want us to have sex. Yes. That is 
uh, common. Uh, something that yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. And that's bad. Uh, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. 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 And it's not bad because it's prudish or it's whatever. It's bad because this is not the path forward. That's yeah. right. That it, this kind of goes back to the best practice things. Uh, Glenn was talking about, I'll add on to the end here, that this the thought process these guys are giving you is really, it is excellent marriage advice. It's also excellent advice for any time you are coming into a new situation. Mm -hmm. That could be uh, grad school, that could be new job, that could be new town, that could be uh, start taking a job for the first time. You don't know how to do this. Yep. Uh, acting like you know how to do it, there's a certain amount of fake until you make it in some things. But that really needs to, if you're actually trying to figure out how to do something, that involves a massive amount of humility. Mm -hmm. As you guys are talking about, you must apologize. You must ask for help. You must try to repair things. And finding out how this works. There's a, mm. there's a weird idea that Glenn touched on that if we are compatible enough and Christian enough, then everything should kind of run under its own steam. Mm -hmm. And we're pretty much just doing some light troubleshooting here and there to keep that moving forward. And that is a disastrous idea. Yep. It's a disastrous idea yeah. in marriage. It's also a disastrous idea in life Yes, that if I am roughly speaking a good person who's doing the right things, then there will be some occasional small problems that I'll need to deal with, but that's about it. That's really not how that works. It's if you're going to move forward, you have to be in the active action of moving forward. That works for that's true of marriage, true for a lot of things. And you can apply the wisdom these guys gave you on how to deal with being a newlywed to being a new, just about anything else. Move on to our next question here. It came in anonymously and it says, can you explain what faith is and how it works? I'm confused about Hebrews eleven six. Is faith a gift from God? If we need God's gift in order to have faith in him, then how do we have faith in him to begin with? Is there a way to have a little faith or a lot of faith? Like when the Bible talks about increasing your faith, faith or you of little faith. How do we get faith if we need faith in order to get it? I said the word faith a lot in that. Yeah. And it's almost lost all meaning. But yes. Glenn, help us out on that. What is it and what does it mean? Well, it's all very deep. Yeah. A little bit too deep for me. But yeah, I think the idea that we want to focus on, let's, let's make some uh, big picture definitions here. Uh, when, when we're talking about faith, faith is a virtue. A virtue is a quality of God, part of God's mm -hmm. character, uh, that we receive from God in order to be like God in that way. Okay, so you have uh, vices and virtues. So you have uh, uh, the virtue of humility, you have the vice of uh, selfishness pride. and pride and the, you know, all these other different kind of things. You have the virtue, in this case, of faith and, you know, the 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 vice of uh, having a doubting and and negative and uh, you know an antagonistic attitude towards God and so forth. So what we're looking at is developing a walk in where we have those those virtues that we need in order to accomplish the things that God's calling us uh, to have to, to to do. And we we need to know what qualities we need to have in order to mm. accomplish those those things. If God's putting you in a position where you need uh, faith, then yes, you must go to God uh, and receive that from him. Is that going to God and receiving it from him in active faith? Yeah, I guess. But see, here's the problem that we have with virtues, is that we, d we make them in our minds synonymous with the human equivalent when they're not. So, for example, I could pray for joy. Joy is a virtue. Joy is something I receive from God. I don't have it. Then I say, God, I would like joy. Mm -hmm. Then I have it. 
And I have joy whether my circumstances are good or bad. It doesn't matter because joy overrides that because I got that from the Lord. This is supernatural. It supersedes what is yeah. the na- nature of my situation, right? But the uh, but I can confuse joy with happiness. Happiness is a human emotion. Yeah. Those, it, I think uh, we, we tend to just run those together as one idea mm-hmm. in our minds. Or see joy as just being super happy. That's right. And, and if you have a certain amount of joy, you're bound to be happy, so that's fine. Something but, terrible happened to someone I hate. I feel so happy about that. That's, that's not joy. That's not joy. That's what we are. So, uh, kind what we're, of joy. <laughs> so what we're, what we're looking at really here is that you're making a a choice to receive faith, um, you can call that, I say I'm, I'm stepping out in faith to receive faith or whatever, but it's really uh, making a human choice with your conscious mind where you are deciding on your own, I would like to have faith now, and I believe that God will give me that faith. God gives that to me, I exercise that, I use that in the situation. And here's the important part, when it's done... I need to go back and get more. Yeah. I'm in a state of constant dependency on God. I cannot right. I can't live a godly life on my own. I need him to give me the stuff with which I will actually fulfill this calling and purpose that I have. So, uh it's it's a it's it's a process of constantly going back to that. I I talked to a lot of people say well, the, something bad happened and I lost my faith, which is uh mm. and then I was really shocked because I thought I was a very faithful person. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like saying, I I think of my car as always being full of gas. I mean, if you're driving it somewhere, it's going to run out. It's going to run out. You got to put more back in. And that's, that's good. That's nature. That's, that's how we, that's how we act responsibly. This is the kind of relationship that God is setting up uh, with us where we're constantly going back to him and getting more of what we need. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. It's, I think you make an excellent point there about the idea of a virtue and something that comes, not only comes from God, but comes directly from God. It is different than uh, a change in circumstances that results in something else. And I really like this idea you're touching on about the way faith kind of works in, in a refill system, because mm-hmm. I think the, yeah. one of the main questions that Jed love to get cool. you to, to pick up here um, that our friend seems to be a little confused on, it, and it makes sense because it's a bit of a confusing idea, is the book of Hebrews, the verse uh, they reference says... Um, without faith, you cannot please God. Mm-hmm. So you must come to Him with faith. So, in a weird way, if we, it seems weird to say that you cannot please this person without a thing they give you. Yep. It's a bit like someone, the uh, the movie theater employee, handing you ten bucks. You borrow ten bucks from them, and then you give them ten bucks to get in the movie. Sure. But the way our relationship works with works with God, it actually is kind of the way that's supposed to work. Yeah. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Sure, absolutely. Um, uh, as the song says, um, uh, all that He asks, He supplies. Uh, the The thing about salvation is it's a gift. Uh, every right. Every bit of it, you don't earn any of it. Um, so. Uh, if you had to generate faith in of yourself and that pleased God, then you would be pleasing God based on something you had done, uh, which would be theologically inaccurate. But perhaps more importantly, it wouldn't be a gift anymore. Right. You, you worked for it and then you got it. Right. Um, Matt, as you say, uh, you know, the movie theater guy hands you 10 bucks and says, come in and see this movie. And you give him the 10 bucks back. And, you know, it's, it seems weird. But, yeah, actually, uh, this Christianity thing is kind of like that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it, the Bible does say without faith, it's impossible to please God. It talks elsewhere about, you know, 
what that looks like in action, you know, it, it says about a guy named Abraham that Abraham believed God, uh, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So mm-hmm. you asked, what is faith? Faith is a, a supernatural um, kind of strength that enables us to believe God's promises. That's actually right. what faith is. It's a supernatural kind of strength specialized in believing God's promises. God goes to this guy named Abraham and, uh, and says, I'm going to do these amazing, impossible things in your life. What do you say? And then God gives Abraham the supernatural ability to believe those things. Right. Abraham chooses to exercise that faith. That's the key part. Um, yeah. That's that's we may say that's the one kind of thing Abraham did is he, he chose right. it. That's right. He chose to use the faith God gave him, and he believed God. Yep. And God said, "My guy, I am pleased." Yes. So it, it all works. But the same things are true in your life. Uh, God has said to you, "I want to have a relationship with you. I want to give you eternal life in paradise as a free gift of salvation." Um, say yes. Believe me and say right. yes. Right. Plus, right. I'm giving you the faith that you need to believe those promises. Right. It, it, is, it is, I am placing it inside of you. Choose it. Right. Choose it and say yes. And if you're listening to this show, you probably have done that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Welcome. Mm-hmm. You, right. You're a Christian. That's right. great. That's right. amazing. But the interesting thing is it actually doesn't stop there. God is in a steady state of coming to you, just like he did with Abraham, and saying, I have something amazing for you. I want to do something amazing and incredible and impossible in your life. I want to take you on a journey. I need you to go with me. Will, will you trust me? Will you believe me? Will you, will you have faith? And the faith that you need to believe God's promise and, and go on that journey with him, it's right there. You, right. He's, he's given it to you. You have to choose it. That's right. And then having choosed it, and this is where we get back to what Glenn's talking about with the car, you start walking. And as you start walking, you go, wait a second, you said we were going on a great journey. This doesn't look like a great journey. It looks like things are going wrong and it's bad and there's danger and there's things and I don't know and I don't don't like this. And God keeps saying, no, no, trust me. It's going somewhere. I got you. It's cool, man. You're going to like it. It's just around this next corner or something really awesome. Trust me on this. So you keep walking, but as you do that, you're using up that faith that God gave you, just right. like fuel. You're, you're burning right. through it. It's meant to work that way. And so at a certain point, you, you have to go back to the Lord and say, I'm still choosing to say yes. I'm still choosing to believe, but I need more gas in the tank. Right. I need more fuel. God doesn't mind that. That's, that's how this is supposed to work. Where we run into problems is when we say, I'm pretty sure I'm out of faith and now I'm going to grit my teeth. Yeah. That's yeah. where that. we get into problems. Yeah. The thing about a life following Jesus is it is meant to be too much for you. It is on purpose more than you can handle in your natural self because God wants you to depend on him. God wants to give you the gas in the tank. And if it's something you can handle on your own, then you don't need faith for it. You, you, don't, you don't need faith to do something that's incredibly comfortable and easy and familiar. You need faith to do something that challenges you and stretches you and makes you step out of your comfort zone and go on a great adventure, mm-hmm. which will have ups and downs. And that's why God wants to give you that faith that's right there for the choosing. Absolutely right. I think it's really fantastic stuff. Lee, I'd love to get you to close us out. Uh, Glenn and Jed are both exactly right when they talk about this idea of refilling and kind of going back to the Lord for faith. But another really interesting and unique aspect of all the virtues of God, but really uh, faith, is that using it makes it easy to get more. Yeah. In the sense of mm-hmm. uh, the book of Hebrews, which our friend who read on the question mentions, opens this way. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about that what we do not see. Now, the really cool thing about that is confidence and assurance kind of uh, grow the more you experience something. If you, mm-hmm. yeah, if you, if there's a, you know, a rickety bridge, 
if you've never walked over before, confidence is low. Right. Right. Once you've done it, confidence kind of raises a little bit. So can you unpack that a little bit more for us about the way doing something a little bit can grow a lot in your faith? Yeah. And I think one of the things that I, I like the way you set that up. And one of the things that that's interesting about, <clears throat> about this is that even if you feel like I've never taken that step, you may have taken more steps than you think. Sure. Mm-hmm. What I mean is uh, just a, a real quick story. Um, I'm, I'm with, uh, I'm, I'm with one of the high school guys that I've been hanging out with for a long time. I've been trying to tell him about Jesus. He doesn't, he doesn't have a relationship with the Lord at this point yet, but we've been hanging out the whole year, uh, like this, the whole school year. This is the end of the school year kind of deal. And I'm talking to him about, you know, do you want to, uh, do you want to do this thing that Jed and Glenn are talking about? Do you want, do you want to, 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 to take a step out and, and, you know, let God come into your life? I mean, you know, here's what, here's what God has said about himself, about you, blah, blah, blah. Here's what Jesus has done for you. And he said, I, it all sounds amazing. The only thing is, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to agree to something, you know, with a relationship with somebody I don't see. Um, I just, I just don't know how to do that. And um, he, he said, how can I know it's real if I don't see it? And I said, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. But let me ask you something. Um, this whole year, you've been hanging out with me. You've been in my home. You've seen the way I interact with my wife. You've seen the way that, that I hang out with my kids and stuff. Um, what do you see in me? And he was like, well, that's a whole different issue. I, I see, you know, I see a, like uh, it, it's one of the only marriages I've ever seen that's good. Um, I, I love the friendships you have with your friends. Um, I, I, I've been hanging out with you the whole year. I, I, you know, and I'm like, why do you want to hang around me? And he's like, because I like your life. I, I want to be around that. And I'm like, dude, you actually have, you have more desire for this life than you think. Uh, when we keep hanging out, you've been, you've been getting your feet wet in this thing. All you have to do is, is give it a little try. I, I, I'm getting glimpses of what a life of faith is. Uh, and and I like what I see so far. There's so much I don't know, but the things that I've seen, I've seen it in, I've seen it in you. I've seen it in this. I've seen it in that. I like what I see. So take one more step, and then you're gonna go on like a house on fire. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that we find out is, um, we can get kind of caught up in like, all right, so when does the faith? When does it happen? When do I? When do I cash in on the the gift that God is giving me? How do I receive it? At what point am I doing something or He's doing something? I don't know if anybody could break down the exact semantic flowchart of how that happens. The only thing I would say is you get glimpses of the like Jed said. I love the way Jed said this about the promises of God and what what it would look like for God to be in somebody's life, and then you start to. You know, this this dude didn't know it, but he was kind of putting his his faith in in me in a way to keep hanging out, to keep wanting to be around me, and to see what my life was like. And it made it easier for him to have uh, to him to take that s- step with the Lord, which he has done now. And now, three years later, it's easier for him to accept things that he can't see, mm-hmm. and he starts to get to know more about the Lord. And so, when he go when he has to go back for more faith, for more strength, for more stuff. Each step, even though you do have to keep going back, each step is easier because you're getting more glimpses. You're getting more. You're getting more assurances. You're seeing more of the promises in action, and you're seeing the way that they, the way that they roll out in your own life. I do think it's something that you get used to. And this idea of like, so when does it happen? How much of it was me? How much of it was the Lord? I don't really know the answer to that stuff, but I do know that 
as we catch glimpses of it and as we put ourselves out there, the more you do it, the easier it gets to go to him. And I think one of the key things that I think Glenn and Jed were both talking about is, the, and to me, this is kind of one of the keys of where this whole thing sits down, is when I'm out, when I'm, when I'm struggling, when I'm, when I'm out of gas, where do I go? Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing is, am I, it, am I willing to say my life is too big for me? It's too much for me. I can't do this by myself. I can't carry the whole thing by myself. Am I, am I turning to the Lord? Am I turning to prayer? Am I turning to him? This, that is the action of faith. I mean, even as much as, even as much as saying to the Lord, give me faith, just the idea of realizing the recognition, I've got to go somewhere else. I don't have this. That is a part of that whole system is I need to go somewhere bigger than myself. And the Lord has been giving you glimpses of this thing. And as you do it, it gets easier and easier to figure it out. That's absolutely fantastic stuff. I will just close this out real quick on this by saying exactly what these guys uh, picked up on that um, as Lee was mentioning, you know, people, some people would say, well, I, I find it very difficult to have faith or I don't have faith. Everybody has faith. Right. If you drive on roads with other drivers, you have faith. Yep. Right. You did not, you did not individually interview every one of them to make sure that they are good drivers. Mm-hmm. If you get in an elevator that you did not design and build yourself, <laughs> you have faith that these systems right. are going to work out. Everybody has faith in something and faith is built on itself. So exactly as Lee is saying, Anytime you do even a little Jesus-y thing, it's, that's that mustard seed of faith that Jesus talks about, mm. and that will grow and grow. Mm. I think all these guys made a good point of what it is, and Lee caps off a very good point of you need to recognize it when it is happening, because odds are it is happening more than you think, as all these guys pointed out. Move on to our final question here. It came in anonymously, and it says, I have a wonderful, godly, beautiful young woman as my girlfriend. However, I find myself noticing and wanting to look at other young women around me, their faces, their bodies, oftentimes on the TV screen and the movie screen as well. Why do I do this when I already have an amazing woman, and how do I learn to control this and me? Now, Jed, our first instinct may be to mock. Sure. I know mine is, but that's okay. You're, a young man has written an earnest question. We will, uh, we will say that uh, if you're raised in a certain kind of environment that demonizes certain kind of in, in instincts, and to go back to our first question, has some weird and not at all factual ideas about the way human sexuality works. Yeah. This, this we, we can understand how someone would go in this line of thinking, but let's, let's, I think we'll expand this out to some other things first, but let's look at the, just the base question of if, if this person has, has a relationship they're satisfied in, why with the looking? Sure. So you've got a super great girlfriend that you're super into but you you uh, notice all of these other young women and you kind of enjoy looking at them, so what gives? Well, option A is that you're a monster. No one else has this experience at all and you're alone. Yeah. You know why. You're a pervert. You're a pervert. Yeah, those, those people are on the TV and the movie just because they're exceptionally talented actors and you're the only one who's noticing that they're attractive. Exactly right. Pervert. There is another option. It's probably the one that's true. And that is that falling in love with someone or getting engaged or getting married, that doesn't mean your brain loses the capacity to recognize other attractive people. Right. Uh, it's, that's just not how the human brain works. Right. Um, it's not what James Dobson told me. Yeah, well, that guy didn't know anything about anything. <laughs> oh, it turns out. So, um, <laughs> seriously, don't listen to James yeah, Dobson. Yeah, no, that's right. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hate group yeah. as defined by the SPLC. 
Uh, here's bottom line reality, whether it's sinful or not, and it's actually kind of complicated, but uh, regardless, it's fun to look at attractive people. Sure. Uh, that is an yes. enjoyable thing the to do. The economy is based on this. Yeah. Here are industries that are based entirely on that. All media. Right. All entertainment. Yeah. All fashion. Yeah. All communication. All advertising. All advertising for all other uh, forms of commerce. Yeah. Everybody loves looking at attractive people. Right. Literally everyone wants to do that. We have different ideas of what attractive is, right. uh, but everybody loves looking at people. may point you people. to a little thing called the Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do, we, what do we do with that? Well, I think we want to say a couple things. The first is we need to get rid of shame. Um, because that's actually going to make everything worse. You're not a pervert, which is why we're teasing about that right. a little bit. Um, also, Glenn really likes saying that word, regardless yeah, of what pervert. it means. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, I, you know, if it's worth noting that basically what you've been told here, I'm guessing, is sex is basically wrong and naughty and dirty, and you're a naughty little monkey to want it. Um, there's kind of one very precise way that God has to be okay with it, because, you know, loopholes and whatnot, but basically it's awful and you're awful to even think about it. And none of that is biblical or true. None of right. that is is accurate. Um, it, we can take things way too far in the other direction, but we're, we're not close to that. Let's start here. Martin Luther once said, you can you cannot stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. Here's what that means for you. You are going to keep noticing attractive people till the day you die. Right. That's going to keep on happening because you're a human being living in the world. Um, yeah, you, my 83-year-old time grandmother put it about a trip she took with a bunch of other old people touring Argentina, and they saw the dance you know, exhibition with Lombada. And somebody said, wasn't that awkward? She said, no, it's great. I'm old, not dead. Yeah. There you go. There you it, go. It goes on forever. Yeah. If God grants you the grace to live 80 years, you will keep on um, noticing that there are attractive people around you. This, right. this will happen. What you have a choice about is whether or not that turns into lust, whether or not that turns into something mm. unhealthy, whether or not that turns into a fixation. That's letting the birds build a nest in your hair. You, right. you do have a choice about that. And that's a super bad idea. Right. Um, that That is a mistake. But I think the thing that may be hanging you up is the idea that one, that these are the same. That noticing an attractive person uh, is on the TV screen and lusting after them, those are one and the same. They're not. Yeah, that's not the same. Uh, at all. Right. Uh, that noticing an attractive person walking down the street means you don't really appreciate your girlfriend. Right. These are not the same thing right. at all. Is it possible to lust after that person on the TV screen? Yeah, it super is. Is it possible to have thought to pursue and entertain thoughts in your head about the person walking down the street to a pl point where you are kind of devaluing the relationship you have with your girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah, it is possible to do that. And be kind of rude with it. Exactly right. But these are not the same thing. They no. they don't these these do not start out uh co-equal. I know uh these other brothers are going to give us some some good insights on this, but Here's here are the two things that, that I would would give you really to cook on and to chew on. The first is shame will point you in the wrong direction on this. Yeah. As long as you are prepared to feel bad about yourself, the devil's going to keep needling you on this. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you're going to actually move forward on it mm -hmm. uh, because that's that's the whole game is 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 shame. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really care that much if you're lusting. He does care if you feel ashamed. Yeah, because uh, that's, that's right. useful. Yeah. 
So as long yeah. as it produces shame in you, he's going to keep hitting you with that super hard. The second thing is what really matters is are you going to invest in the relationship you're in or not? Mm-hmm. If you want a left and right limit, the limit is not so much are you engaging in lust. Lust is bad. There, I've officially said right, it. Right. But that's that's not really the problem. The problem is, are you failing to invest in the relationship that you're in? Mm-hmm. If you're not investing in the relationship that you're in, two things are going to happen. First, you're not being fair to the person you're dating. Mm-hmm. And second, this relationship is going to tank. Uh, as we said, as it pertained to marriage in the first question, marriages do tend to either be really good or pretty rough, and that actually is somewhat true of dating relationships. Mm-hmm. The people yeah. involved are either really working at this and really investing in it, or they're really not. Um, mm-hmm. The thing for you is, are you investing in it or are you not? Um, you're going to notice a certain number of attractive people. You're going to let your thoughts go a little bit too far with a certain number of those. That's not good. But if we're at a point where those thoughts are leading us to a place where we're not investing in the relationship, that's where we have run into yeah. a huge problem. Yeah. That's where uh, it's it's time to, for sure, for sure, make a change. The fact that you're concerned about this means that's actually not super likely to occur, except for the shame piece. Right, the shame right. piece will get you into navel-gazing and constant over-self-contemplation right. that will keep you from investing in this relationship. And you, you, you want it so bad and you feel so so bad about it, you might as well do it. Exactly right. That's how shame sets you up to do the thing. Exactly right. Let's kill that shame. If the girl, if you, if the girlfriend, as you say, is great and lovely and whatnot, let's kill the shame and invest in the relationship with her and not let the birds uh, build a nest in our hair. That's absolutely right. It's a really fantastic place to start. Lee, I'd love to get you to pick up on the builders building a nest in your hair. Let's look at some practical tips for folks who, and it could be, as we talked about, this is, this is a good parallel. Um, we're talking about lust here, but the same will be true of anger. The same will be true of kind of despair and a lot of negative okay. feelings we have without to not let something balloon up into more of a problem. What are the actual practical tips look like on that? Yeah. So I, I, I love, uh, I love where Jed ended this because it really dovetails with where I would want to start out, which is, um, as Jed's saying, the moment that you notice somebody's attractiveness, even if you uh, even if you get into a lustful thought, that 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 moment where you have that initial thought about that person, noticing them is not a moment that you can control. Yes. As Jed said, um, so what we want to do is we want to work hard on the moments before that moment and the moments after that moment. So what Jed said was he gave us some really good ideas for getting ready for that moment. That means cherishing and working hard on the relationship that you're in. That gives you an armor plating before that moment occurs because you have um, what's called, uh, and I'm going to We'll just pretend that I, in my brilliance, made this up. That you have, because you've worked on your relationship and you and and you have uh, you know what it is to to take care of this person and spoil them and serve them and all that kind of stuff. You are building up for yourself a reservoir of goodwill, mm. which you can use in a moment like this. Um, you can you can uh, you can draw from that reservoir, and you will be armor plated for this moment. That that's how you get ready for the moment before it happens. Like I said, the moment where you notice attractive person, that's not a moment you can control. You can control be, the before, and then the moment after. Um, 
is where when, when you get serious about this, you start to learn some strategies. Now, everybody's going to have some different tactics and strategies. These are some helpful ones to think about, and you kind of refine this as, you know, as what works for you. But here are some helpful thoughts. Um, I'm not going to do anything about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going, and, 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 it's, and it's okay to be kind of extreme about this. I'm not going to pursue a relationship with this person and have sex with them. <laughs> um, Tell it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ruin my family and leave my life and start a life with this person. Yeah, thank you. Yep, Theref- yep. Therefore, um, this is not for me. Yeah, right. I am not going any further down the road on this thought. Yeah, right. I'm moving on. Yes. Right. Um, it you when you're coping with that moment and, and trying to move past it, go ahead and be extreme. Because here's the thing about Jed mentioned the devil, which I'm glad he did. Because the thing is, is the devil. A lot of times he is subtle, but his play is not subtle. Yeah. The way that he the way he delivers his play is subtle, but his play is to ruin your life. Yeah. He wants to ruin your life. And so why don't you just go ahead and say, here's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. What we're what we're talking about is me leaving my life and leaving my family and and doing this other thing. I'm not going to do that, yeah. nor do I want to do yeah, that. Right. Yeah. That's Thank that, you. I don't I don't have any desire for that. Right. I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. I'm not I'm not about that life in any way. And so because of that, look look. Let's put all our cards on the table. This is what you're talking to me about. I'm not going to do that, nor do I want to do that. Therefore, this is not for me. And by the way, I've been cherishing and, and treasuring and working on what I've got, which is awesome. Yeah. So I'm not going anywhere else with that thought. So th- those are some kind of little little practical hints about how do I get ready for that moment beforehand? What do I do with it after afterward? And I'll say one last little thing on this, which is this is a very good uh, point in case for why you need good, uh, and not a big group, a small group of good believing friends yep. that you can talk about your honest struggles with. You can lay it out there as plain, as bald faced as it needs to be, and you can get the tactics and strategies. What worked for you? How have you been making strides through this? People that are ahead of you in the game, people that are behind you in the game, get have people that you trust so that you can you can borrow and refine strategies from each other. Absolutely right. Real quick, because, man, I agree with everything that Lee said. Uh, Just to to build on that and add in, you feel like the Christian thing would be to deny that you have any desires of any kind, to to deny that things could even appeal to you. I'm— the genderless gnome. The, I'm a genderless gnome. Huh. I'm so rapturously in love. I'm not capable of being attracted to uh, anyone else. Yeah. Th- that feels like the Christian thing. The devil will blindside you yeah. if you do that. Yes, you yeah. are, oh my goodness, are you sheep for the slaughter if you go that yeah. route? What Lee's saying is so brilliant, but it takes courage to say, of course that's an attractive person. Right. Of course I notice. Let Devil, let's play this out all the way. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Do you uh, seriously want me to leave my wife right. and go shack up with this person? Yeah. Is, is that what you're suggesting? Because yeah. 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 I see on the she's attractive. I don't. I don't right. disagree. Right. It's the everything that comes after right. that observation. Right. 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 I'm not going with you on that. But this is the key. Because I super don't want. To. I right. super right. don't want that. <laughs> right. yeah. it, Any part of that. Absolutely yeah. right. This is the thing. If you won't acknowledge that, no, that's an attractive person. If right. you want to acknowledge that, then the devil can do all the stuff in your subconscious right. and acknowledge mess. Acknowledge the stakes. What's up? 
Acknowledge the stakes. Acknowledge yeah. the stakes. Yeah. Acknowledge the stakes. The shame will keep you from doing any of that. Yeah. The shame will say, bury your head in the sand and don't look critically at any of these things. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And Glenn, there, there's one more aspect of this I'd love to to get you to pick up on. They talked about these guys talked about a lot of good stuff, but there's there's another kind of lie embedded in this that if you are noticing other attractive people, you are inherently unhappy in your relationship. There's something wrong right. in that relationship. You're inherently being disrespectful to your partner, which as these guys have pointed out, there's there's a line you could take that to that it, it could be if you pull the eighties movie pulling down your sunglasses and staring at someone as they walk by. <laughs> right. That's that's definitely yeah. disrespectful to the person you're with. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, but there's a certain amount of just this is living in the world. Yeah. And that doesn't, and not only does it not say these certain things, it doesn't really say anything, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think if you look at uh, the idea here, I actually looked at uh, once a book uh, uh, on art, you know, mm. how, to, how to draw, how to do, you know, paint a face and so mm. forth. And it was basically a, an anatomy book, really, that just for artists and how to do that. And it laid out what is, a be- what is beauty. Mm hmm. And then how to paint it or draw it or what have you, and it turns out it's geometry. Yep, it's basic. It's a basic geometrical yep. proportions that is beauty. And what's funny about that is, for me, it allowed me to look at a beautiful person and to see the geometry. Sure, and to see also that it is just geometry. Yeah, that that's not something mystical or supernatural about the way that I feel about that person. It doesn't speak to their character. It's that's just right. the layout of their face. That's it. You know, Madam is quite symmetrical. That's <laughs> exactly, you know, here's a mountain peak. That's beautiful. Here's a person's face. That's a beautiful face. Yep. But that's geometry. Yep. That's, not, that's not an inherent quality, as you put it. The second thing here, I think, for us to look at is uh, you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, having problems with what you look at. Don't look. Sure. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, I, I'm taking the, you know, let's also talk left and right limits on that side. That doesn't mean you're wearing literal blinders or something, or you're just yeah. staring at the ground. It's that kind of extreme. But a quick story to illustrate. Uh, after our Tuesday night bridge service, when we're completely exhausted and totally wiped and don't want to talk to a single human being. And angry most weeks. And, yeah. We're going in, out to a, a nice little uh, 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 restaurant where we go and eat. And it's, a, it's kind of our nice thing we do uh, every week to kind of celebrate, you know, the, the staff does. And um, when you, if you were to go there with us on Tuesday, when we walk in... All of the uh, ladies that work there, the waitresses, they're like, yay! That's our fellow. favorite customers. Now, we're never cheerful or charming. At all. Or whatever. We're usually just dragging our behinds in there and whatever. You know, what do you want? A hamburger. And that's it. You yeah. know, this kind of thing. So why do they have this reaction? Well, here's how, why they have the reaction. One by one, each of these waitresses that has waited on us, each time they have done that, for the first time, they come and bring the drinks and they set the drinks on the table and their bosoms are uh, there, you know. They're they're laying the out in sort of an exaggerated way with the shoulders with the motion. It is an economic strategy for tips. Exactly. And what they have noticed all each one by one is that we're looking at the menu, or I'm looking at the the highlights on the score of the ball game on the TV, yeah. or their face. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, they recognize, okay, this these guys are different. You yeah. know, uh, don't look. Yeah, you know, you right. that's not something that you need to closely observe. The third th- third thing uh, that I think um, really illustrates uh, what these other fellows are talking about is that w- when you have a 
uh, uh, part of what they're describing, I guess, to me is where you're sort of creating this fantasy of I could be with this person, but I wouldn't. No one would find out. Yeah. And I wouldn't get divorced and it wouldn't ruin my life. But it's also this. It's also this thought of she gets me. Yeah. But you're telling yourself this weird fantasy that doesn't match the real world that you're living in. It, the, the beauty is geometry and we can appreciate it as that. But there's the human being mm-hmm. behind that face. And if you can readily observe that, A, this would destroy your life at best, right. <laughs> at best, yes. and at worst, you may be dealing with someone who has an active psychological issue sure. that oh, would make your bad, ruined life way worse. Yeah. So <laughs> don't look at the bosoms that are being on display when she brings the Diet Coke just look at the scores on sure. the TV. This is all I'm saying. The end. Okay. Words to live by. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we set the we set the course record for number of times the word bosom came up. <laughs> I'm glad you were all here to experience it with us. Um, I I will attempt to. Uh, can Can I ask a question? Uh, sure. Please. Is that Is that the first time that that James Dobson and bosoms were said in the same podcast. <laughs> probably. probably, probably, yes. Without some very uh, a lot of negative qualifiers, James Dobson is against bosoms. I could see that happening. Sure, but not, not yeah, not positive. Wayne, but he's sides. on record. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna do it. Good it's, idea. it's gonna happen. In three, two, one, and here we go. Uh, I, will, I will close it out by saying as all these guys are, are mentioning it's very good advice that. Um, what we're talking about here at base level, again, we're talking about the example of kind of uh, noticing attractive people, but is is temptation. And mm-hmm. anything you can do to ratchet down the emotion mm-hmm. around temptation. Jed okay. mentioned uh, Jed mentioned the, uh, the the shame aspect. Lee was talking about playing it out, and Glenn is talking about our 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 uh, our plan, which is just to be too exhausted and broken by the world to be tempted yep. by the fact that something could be good because we don't believe anything could be good. Yep. It's it's a bold gambit, but it works for us. I don't recommend it. Um, but anything that ratchets up the emotion around temptation is a bad strategy. Yes. And anything that ratchets up the drama and the what does it all mean and what could it say, that's that's always a very a, a losing strategy. The best you can do to get to here, this is happening. This is fair. This is relatively normal. This this happens to everyone. It doesn't mean anything. When you get into what does it mean, that's that's not necessarily the best way to go. There's some uh, extreme or isolated cases where a small thing is an indicator of a large thing. But by and large, on these kind of things, again, if every, the advertising for every industry through the history of time is based on this thing, people wanting to look at pretty people, again, you can. You can go back to you can go back to the Egyptians. You can go back, if people are taking the time to sculpt something, yeah, it's someone that most people would consider attractive. Yes, it doesn't it doesn't merit a lot of emotional or mental energy to figure out what it means that you like attractive people as well. Yeah, because all that's going to do is burn calories before you get to. So what do we do? And yeah, what do we do is where the the answer lies. And all these guys gave you. A lot of good stuff on that. Okay, if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We're taking out the song this week. This is a, uh, a new song that was made for our radio show, The Bridge Loud, that comes on Q Rock 100.7, Rockin' the Southland. If, you're, if you happen to be up at Saturday, 3 a.m., 
uh, Central Time. You can catch that. If you don't, you can always catch it on the podcast feed, the Ridge Loud that comes out every Friday. This is, uh, we got a, a, a little assist from our man, Lynn's Honeyman, fantastic vocalist nice. out Ooh. of Glasgow, Scotland. This is a song that Jed wrote called No He Wasn't. Fantastic stuff. Retail with that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Let's say that podcast. Oh, we'll bite you. Steps up to the microphone to give the speech that he's rehearsed. He clears his throat and begins to brag about how clean he keeps his nose. He's well behaved and generous, and comes his crescendo. Thank you.